For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The Washington Commanders get that ugly road win, 24-16 over the Atlanta Falcons. It's time for a reckoning. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District's Day After Reckoning, where we dive in deeper to the game the Washington Commanders played the day before. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. We are here on the Believe Network. And Washington getting to 500, an ugly road win there in Atlanta, but a necessary win, stoner, a good win in a lot of ways as yeah. Washington needing to right the ship after losing three in a row. And we got plenty to talk about. We're going to be talking about the offense. We're going to be talking about the defense. Of course, we got your go-go's and no-go's later on, and we'll give you our final thoughts on that, on all of it later. But first up on the docket here, Stoner, mm-hmm. is the special teams unit yeah. showing out. No missed field goals. Tressway was back in vintage form. And Jamison Crowder as well in vintage form with a big return, 61-yard return, setting up a, a score for Washington. How big did special teams come up for Washington? Yeah, they're absolutely huge. They they limited everything that Atlanta wanted to do on special teams. Remember when Atlanta special teams was was considered lethal, you know, with Cordero Patterson back there and and he's always returning kicks real well. And Joyce Sly now, I think, I don't know what the exact number is, 26 for 26 on kickoffs, no returns this year at all. So he's been doing his job in that area. He's 9 for 12 in field goals, Nathan. So it's not like he's been terrible. The timing of some of his kicks, you know. Yeah, not, not so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, yeah, yesterday the special teams were great. The punt coverage team was was excellent. Um, of course, Tress was getting back into vintage form. Like you said, there was one that wasn't so great. He had like a 41 yarder and there was like a seven yard return. That was the only blemish on the special teams all day. Yeah. They were tackling well, they were getting down there and making sure there were no returns, uh, on, on the punts as well, except for the one seven yarder. And, um, and look that, that return by Jameson Crowder, we talked about it yesterday on the instant reaction. And we talked about it during our broadcasts the live stream of the game, that could be a season turning, a season altering play because Washington's just kind of, they're down seven, three, the game's kind of not going their way real well. And then all of a sudden, boom, a huge spark by Jamison Crowder to return that all the way down to the 11 yard line. And and then Washington took over from there. Yeah. Washington able to punch it in. That was a big, big thing for them. Yeah. Really the special teams, set up that that score there as you mentioned and then the defense set up another score and so mm-hmm. Ron Rivera talks about you know firing on all three cylinders and special yeah. teams absolutely was doing it the Tressway you know punt there at the end big decision 
by the Atlanta Falcons uh, returner to yeah. wave that one off. If he fair catches that, they're sitting at around the 10 or 11 yard line with two minutes and like four seconds left on the clock, right. which means they get the, t- the, the, uh, the two minute warning and their timeout. Instead, he waves it off thinking it's going to go into the end zone. It gets a great bounce for Washington. Mm-hmm. They down it right about the five yard line and at the two minute warning, which yep. took away that timeout. So that right there, I think was, so you're talking about the, the beginning with Jameson Crowder's return being special mm-hmm. and maybe turning around, not just this game, but Washington season and yeah. kicking off what we hope is a run. I'd love this onesie. I would love to wear multiple weeks in a row here. <laughs> right. The, uh, and then finishing it off with another, with, with a great special teams play there. It is, it was fa- fantastic. Yeah. And, and we kind of, we get on their cases when they do things that drive us crazy. You know, just the little things sometimes where it's just like, why are you doing that? So we have to give them praise when they do something really well. And again, on that punt that Atlanta botched it with the guy not catching it, fair catching it, but also Washington being smart and letting that thing roll around until it absolutely Mm -hmm. came to a dead stop. Again, what if they had touched it one second earlier? then they would have had that 201 left in the half and they would have had that free timeout. That was a huge factor in the game because as you saw when Atlanta was on that final drive and they botched another play and had to use that timeout when they really didn't want to, what if they had two timeouts? It could have changed the complexion of the game completely in that last two-minute drive for Atlanta. So those little things, those little details that Ron talks about, do your job, Pay attention to all the details, and that's one of them right there. Well, as good as the special teams was, and was probably the strongest unit, in my opinion, uh, against the Falcons, the defense was able to get in there and Mm -hmm. do something we haven't seen them do in a long time, and that was create turnovers. In fact, Washington wins the turnover battle this game, three to nothing. They were able to intercept Desmond Ritter three times, and they did not turn over the ball themselves. Right. Those were very timely interceptions as well. And I mentioned special team set up a touchdown, defense set up a touchdown as well with yeah. a nice short field off of the Kendall Fuller interception return. The defense, though, they kind of had a hold on there a little bit because they, they did they did give up a lot of yards. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't by any means a a great defensive game. It was a good right. one, but I mean, right. they did give up 402 total yards. That's a lot. Desmond Ritter threw for 307. Now the run stop defense was firing on all cylinders. Yeah, absolutely. There was what just you- a lot going right, Nathan, defensively because of some small changes that Washington made. And the biggest one was going to that five defensive line package. They didn't use it every time, but they used it on, most of the running downs, if that's what you want to call it. And it made a difference. We noticed it throughout the game that with those five defensive linemen, that occupied the five offensive linemen and allowed Cody Barton to roam free. That's where Cody Barton excels. He is at his worst when he has to fight off an offensive lineman. So if he doesn't have to do that and he can just read the play and find the hole, He's stopping Bijan Robinson. 
He's stopping uh, Algier. So that was a, a small change that they made. But we talked about it all week. It seems like they we thought we they were going to make this change specifically because the quarterback they're playing. When you have a Jalen Hurts and a Justin Fields and a Josh Allen in the three previous weeks, these are mobile guys. These are guys that you have to kind of just lay back a little bit on your pass rush. Yeah. They're a threat to actually run the ball. Desmond right. Ritter ran it a couple of times, but that was out of more desperation than it was. Right. Uh, I, I, I do think they had one planned keeper, but uh, it really, it's not really a part of the game plan there. Whereas Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields, that is a significant part of that game plan. So 100%. we were calling for them to spy those quarterbacks to prevent that. Now they don't have to worry about that. They get that five on the line. And I mean, they mm-hmm. stopped one of the most dynamic rushing attacks in the NFL. And think think about what's coming up here in the next few weeks as well. You've got probably next week will be Tyrod Taylor. He's not a threat to run. If Daniel Jones is back, Daniel Jones should thank Washington for the $40 million a year he's making because <laughs> that's the only team he plays well against. Right. And all of a sudden, everybody thinks he can do it every week, but he can't. But if he's not going to be there, you got Tyrod Taylor, a pocket guy. Then you got Jalen Hurts. You got to worry about him. But then you've got Mac Jones. Then you've got um, uh, Geno Smith. These are all pocket guys. This is where the defense for Washington is best suited. Five defensive linemen, maybe two linebackers, depending on uh, the down and, and situation and all that. So I I like their chances going forward defensively in terms of stopping the run and being able to play a little bit more aggressively in the pass game, and that's what they did. 402 yards is a lot, Nathan. They should not give up 400 yards. But Atlanta had 81 plays. Yeah, eighty. That's a lot of plays. And they they seem to uh, be strong enough even at the end because what we talked about also previously is the offense needs to help the defense. And in the fourth quarter especially, but most of the second half, the offense is just going three and out or four and out, three and out, four and out, three and out, and then putting that defense right back out there. And Atlanta's still running the ball. You got to help the defense out by sustaining some drives and not have to be out there for 81 plays. But they held up and they made timely uh, interceptions, takeaways, like you said, which they hadn't been doing all year. And this game, they finally did it. I'm showing 83 snaps, by the way, for Percy Butler, Cam Curl, and Cody Barton. Uh, so then it was all played hundred percent, all played hundred percent. St. Juice and Fuller played 81. That was at 98% there. Uh, mm-hmm. so I wonder if there's a small dis- discrepancy in that, but the, the defense. So like I said, they really did allow the Falcons to move the ball. I felt fairly well. There was a lot mm-hmm. of the times that they were, I mean, it felt early on that the third down efficiency was just absurd, but it, it ended was. up being five for 15, which I think is okay. It's not great. I think they um, were five for 10 at one point, maybe yeah, even they, five for nine. They, they, they had a ridiculous early on. It was very, very yeah. lopsided in, in favor of Atlanta, but Washington also got plays from people that they normally wouldn't Casey to Hill with two mm-hmm. sacks. Yep. Kalika Hudson with timely stops you know, stopping the two-point conversion, getting in there and in the mix. I mean, we saw him flying around, which is something we haven't really seen 
from the Washington, you know, linebacker core, yeah. you know, too much, especially a guy who he only ended up playing 10% of the snaps, but that was a, he played significant snaps in regards to the snaps he was playing that he was doing well. And then John Renchway, like I said, two sacks there were pivotal. I watched them, by the way, today mm-hmm. because I was interested. Somebody had mentioned, oh, he only got those sacks because Chase Young's pressure, like Ritter. Talking about Ritter, Two Hill? Two Hill. Okay. I think Ritter, Ritter, Ridgeway, that's why I was. Sorry, Ridgeway. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Casey Two Hill, two sacks. Um, I watched those sacks earlier today. Chase Young's pursuit did not actually have anything to do with it, but yeah. Casey Tuhill absolutely did have something to do with it. And, yeah, and everything and, and, to do with those. Well, in the regards of Ritter on the one big sack that uh, that Tuhill had, that was a designed naked rollout mm-hmm. to, away. It was away from Chase Young in that regard, mm-hmm. but it was a design that way because, of course, why not roll out to Casey Tuhill? You're not afraid of right, Casey right. Tuhill. And right. Casey Tuhill just had a motor I have not seen. Yeah, I mean, he that burst. was a whole nother whole nother gear she sure. was working on and uh, able to get that one. So and then the the short one, the one that ended up being a sack for zero yards. Um, that one was Desmond Ritter moved up in the pocket and was looking to take advantage of the open space in front of him. And Casey Tuhill was able to disengage from the right tackle. And swallow up Desmond Ritter. Uh, on the other side, you had Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, and Deron Payne being walled off by four linemen because yeah. they focused all the effort there. And Casey Tuhill was able to get, you know, able to do his job. And that's the importance, I think. So while it wasn't directly because of Chase Young, because I really wanted to see whether or not it was too much mm-hmm. too much attention being paid to Chase Young or Desmond Ritter running away from Chase Young, it wasn't really that per se. The second sack, like you said, four, li- four linemen on the three big names and Casey Duhill winning his one-on-one match and getting the sack. Just so big, and- big shout out to, to, to Hill in this game. Yeah, and, and on that naked bootleg, how many times do you see that end follow the entire play and Desmond Ritter having that whole open area? Not Desmond Ritter specifically, but the quarterback the having mm-hmm. that whole area. But Casey Tuhill stayed home and didn't allow that. Then, as you said, he showed that burst, that extra gear to actually go get the quarterback. Not only be there, but to actually go get the quarterback. And, by the way, shout out to uh, Will E. Let me get let me get the name. Will E. Will. How's that? That's not very hard to remember. On uh on our YouTube channel, who said we're pronouncing his name incorrectly. It's Kalik Hudson, not Kalik A. Hudson. Thank you for the shout. No, no, there we go. Kalik Kalik Hudson. No, I I apologize. I do want to make sure we get that right. If he were a Falcon, then I would be like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. One of our guys, we gotta get it, we gotta get it right there. So and, defense, and Nathan, defense, another yeah. thing real quick on the defense is that you talked about these guys like Kali Hudson, like Two Hill. Quan Martin had seven snaps, seven snaps. He had three tackles. He made his presence known when he was in there. So we've bashed Quan Martin. And as I like to always say, rightfully so, because he hadn't done anything yet this year. When he got his opportunities, he took advantage of it. He had a sack that was wiped away too with the uh Cody mm. Barton roughing the passer. So yeah. he timed sack fumble. He he timed that 
very, very well to jump yeah. that. And he got home. Cody Barton got home too. And Cody Barton went high and uh, caused a, a penalty. But yeah, I liked what I, we saw from Quan Martin. He seemed much more like we, we absolutely got on him in the preseason and we yeah. saw him looking lost and everything. He seemed much more at home now. Yep. which I which I love to see. And I think part of that is he had a little bit more of a designated role. Uh, yeah, this is your role. This is your Learned role. Play week. this role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and do it well. Speaking of uh, rookies who need to know their role, Emmanuel Forbes, zero snaps. Yep. Zero stoner for your first round pick. Yeah. I don't think that's great. I'm not going to say it's... Indicative. You don't think that's great? It's not great, Stoner. It's not great. But Agreed. I'm not going to say that it's 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 not the future, right? Like it's not a. I don't. Sure. I'm not going to say it's a huge problem. It was a this game thing, and I hope yeah. that he's taken the time. Emmanuel Forbes has taken the time to sit and learn and get back out there because we've seen the flashes. We've mm -hmm. seen him do well. In fact, before the two disastrous games where Washington put him in bad spots and then he did even worse than what he should have been doing. Mm -hmm. You know, he actually was playing at an NFL level, but then he had two or three disastrous games in a row, which led him to getting zero snaps. But what's that say? Because Quan Martin's seven snaps stoner mm -hmm. were the only snaps played by draft picks this year. Yeah. That's, that's a little, that's a little concerning. Hopefully they can develop and become guys later on. But Strong, Ricky Stromberg's a backup offensive lineman. That's your third round. Your fourth round is on IL. Well, actually, you know what? KJ Henry, I think, had two snaps. I think he on hit, or, or not KJ Henry, but um, Andre Jones Jr. I think he did have two snaps. snaps. Oh, there so we go. Nine There's snaps. Nine snaps our, total. Our Thank you for the stat corrections. <laughs> A whole nine <laughs> snaps for for our uh, oh 2023 draft class. But yeah, but that's that's concerning for sure. But I think it's also indicative of Ron knows how important this season is. And he says, I can't do it. I have to win now. I cannot be developing Emmanuel Forbes. I have to win now or else I'm going to be out of a job. So if I'm out of a job, you guys figure out Emmanuel Forbes after I'm gone, yeah. but I need somebody in there who can do the job. Now I can't afford to have him go in there and just keep giving up big touchdowns uh, every single week. But Danny Johnson in his place too. I thought Danny Johnson uh, played well. really well. Yeah. yeah. So that 63 was 63% of the snaps there for, mm -hmm. for Danny Johnson. He had a big fourth down breakup uh, on a pass in the fourth quarter. Uh, so that was, that was really, uh, noticeable. This is one where the rewatch definitely helped. I think a little bit because I think the defense, they, I did not feel like they played well. Yeah. Uh, obviously they get the three turnovers, but when you actually go by and you look at it, there was a lot of things that they were doing right. And I loved yeah. the aggressiveness and it paid off because this is a team that's been aggressive the last few weeks. That just hasn't paid off. We, yeah, you know, the touchdown to DJ Moore, Kendall Fuller jumped it. Uh, he got it. He got fingers on it. He just wasn't able to deflect it away from DJ Moore. Yeah. This time he jumps the route and the ball is low and he's able to intercept it. 
Yep. And so you see Benjamin St. Juice with his first interception mm-hmm. where he, again, was just the ball was awful. I've rewatched that one too. That one, <laughs> yeah, that was, was just an ugly ball from Desmond Ritter, but Benjamin St. Juice had his receiver covered. The only way St. Juice loses that is if that ball again is just so high that only the wide receiver can jump up and get it. Mm-hmm. But instead it was an ugly throw. Benjamin St. Juice was was there for the uh for the the interception and then you also have with the um um the other interception being Jamin Davis. Davis yeah his first interception as yeah. well and that one was another one I mean he just he ran the route yeah and it was fantastic to see that and so this this game I like said I did not feel like the defense played lights out even though they held Atlanta to 16 points. I felt like they were being moved on, but then going back and it was just like, they were opportunistic. They mm-hmm. were holding when they needed to hold. And they also were, you know, you never blame the refs for anything because um, it, there's, it does, you no good, but they were, they were getting calls on them that, or, and then no calls on like holds and stuff like that, which definitely would have impacted the play there. So I know, for instance, you didn't like the Cody Barton roughing the passer penalty. Uh, yeah, but that was probably just a homer take. Oh, yeah, it was the right call. I mean, he he, right he, he he totally hit the, the four, forearms in the in the head. You're going right to get call. it. You're going to get it every time. But there was a uh, another play also that Kendall Fuller made. Uh, he almost had an interception. He, he jumped another route as well and almost had a pick earlier in the game. And uh, with that, Jamin Davis, again, he's one on one out in the in the wide side of the field against B. John Robinson. And like you said, he read that route, and that was a – well, I think it was a third and one. That was after they had the botched play mm-hmm. where they had to call a timeout after they spiked the ball so as not to get a delay a game penalty. And then that's oh. what they came back out, and we were watching it going, uh, uh-oh, Jamin Davis is one-on-one with B. John with no help, and – made the play unbelievable play that he made so you're right if you look at the overall though yeah they got moved down the field 400 and something yards but again that was 83 plays mm-hmm. i think technically in the stat sheet it says 81 plays it doesn't matter either way they averaged five yards per play atlanta did and over the course of the game that's where you want to be defensively if you can hold them to that amount which includes all those passing plays five yards of play 400 doesn't seem so much because that's almost two games worth of plays. 81. I mean, they teams probably average 65 plays maybe at, at the high end. Yeah. We get to 81, 83. That's a lot of plays. Yeah. Only, only two and help. Only two drives went 80 or more yards, but one yeah. ended in a touchdown, one in the interception. Um, but outside of that, you know, very mediocre, you know, by, by Atlanta. I mean, they did have a 75 yard drive um, for a touchdown to open up their, their game, right. On their yeah. opening drive. But outside of that, Washington really held, held their own in that regard. It also, so I, if one more thing, Nathan, on the defense uh, for me anyway, is they, um, people are saying a lot of people are saying that, you know, Oh, it's Desmond Ritter. He's a bad quarterback. He was making terrible throws, but that was the plan. Mm-hmm. The plan was yeah, just to have him Desmond make Ritter. those throws. Yeah. Yeah. 
and exactly. And then it's up to your defense to make those plays and the defense stepped up and made those plays when they, especially when they had to, because a couple you know, the one in the end zone was huge on St. Juice. Um, the stopping the two point conversion when, when they tried, they only had a yard to go and they stopped that. Um, of course the interception on, on the last drive of the game. So they were just huge plays that the defense made. You could say it's Desmond Ritter. You could say it's Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. Well, they set it up that way. The defense set it up that yep. way and then made the plays. Well, I mentioned how the defense was better on a rewatch. The offense didn't get better on the rewatch, Stoner. That's that's exactly what and I was going to say as well. It, it really it really didn't. I was yeah. concerned afterwards. I mean, when you when you th- throw three touchdown passes, you're like, "Okay, that was good." But then yeah. when you look at it, Washington really wasn't able to move the ball at all, especially at the end of the game when they needed to. When they needed to. In fact, in the second half, I don't know if you know this off your top of your head. So, you know, we'll see here. What was the longest drive in the second half for Washington? Longest amount of yards? Plays. We'll go. How many, how many plays were run in their longest? Because they're trying to eat the clock up. They have a they have the lead in the second half. In the entire second half? In the entire second half. How many plays was their longest drive? I'm gonna say five. Five. All right. Well, if you think you know in the comment section, go ahead and let yeah. us know what you think it is in the comment section. It, it was five. Oh, it was five. Was that on five, the first five. one? It was their second one. First second. drive was two plays, 27 yards, and a touchdown because of the interception to mm, start mm. the third quarter. Then they go five plays, 15 yards, punt, four plays, 21 yards, punt, three plays, negative six yards, punt, three yep. plays, two yards, punt, and then thankfully one play, negative one yard victory formation victory formation yeah that is not going to get it done stoner the yeah the two two of those touchdowns came on extremely short fields yep and well yes i think all three of them really did you said extremely 52, short fields yeah, yeah. 52 but, yards was their longest touchdown drive that was seven right. plays 52 yards there but they had the uh three play 11 yard touchdown after yep. the big uh, big return by Jameson Crowder. And then they had two plays, 27-yard touchdown after the third quarter interception yeah. to start the, the third half there. But Washington outside of that wasn't good. They weren't able to get anything going. I appreciated that they kept trying to run the ball stoner, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't there. But they weren't moving the ball enough. Yeah, they definitely weren't moving moving in enough. Uh, as you said, the three touchdown drives were all short by NFL standards. But the best thing that they did is they didn't turn the ball over. Yeah, And that's the best thing that Sam did, is he didn't turn the ball over, and he was efficient. Now, he had a couple plays out there that his receivers didn't help him. Diami mm-hmm. Brown, that was a tough catch, but probably still should have caught it. Um, yeah, it was tough. But if you want to be in the NFL and you want to get playing time and you want to get confidence of your quarterback to throw it to you you got to make those plays and then the Jahan Dotson play was just egregious it was such a perfect pass from Sam Howell how he put touch on it rather than trying to fire it in there and allowed Jahan Dotson to make that move downfield rather than still running with the with the uh, defensive backs and it was right on his fingertips and I don't know why he didn't catch that yeah, um, not not sure what's happening with Jahan Dotson. He's got yeah, 140 yards on the year, yeah. which I think is a, almost about as much as as uh, the distance for 
Tyreek Hill in a thousand yards on the season, six games in. That's yeah, insanity. he's got about 140 to get to a thousand. Yeah, it's insanity. Yeah. yeah, so uh, uh, so yeah, so looking back, I don't think the offense was as good as I thought it was because of the points that they scored. I agree with you on that. However, I gave yesterday in our instant reaction, I gave Sam Howell a C plus. Looking back on it and, and watching the game again, I think I'm actually going to bump him up. Him, not the offense. I'm going to bump him up, but just a little, to a B minus. Because when given the opportunities, I thought he made the right plays most of the time. Those sacks are still an issue. His pocket awareness is, is if he can't fix that, he's going to have a shorter NFL career than what we think. That's his main problem. Not taking sacks, just simply his pocket awareness of knowing when to move, where to move, all that. The just get rid of the ball too. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's just knowing just get rid of the ball. Yes. And, and so I think that that bumped him up a little bit in terms of how efficient he was when it was given to him. And in the second half, Eric Bieniemy was having him throw when he should not have been throwing. And I guarantee you that before they send him out there, they said, look, if the play is not there, if it's not a hundred percent open, just throw it into the into the sidelines. Yeah. Because we can't have a turnover in the second half. And so on a lot of those plays where the enemy is like, go out there and throw the ball, and he'd throw it when not even close to, to a receiver, whether he was open or not, he was just making bad throws. But to me, it felt like it was on purpose because he didn't want to create a turnover. So I put that on Eric the enemy. And I and I bump up Sam Howell a little bit because Fair enough. just run the ball, the enemy. Stop trying to be cute. You mentioned that one play where they brought in Trent Scott as the extra uh, uh, blocking um, lineman, and then he threw a pass. He had one receiver go out, and it wasn't there, and it was incomplete, and stopped the clock. It was like under five minutes to go. Yeah, it's it stopped the clock when you're trying to – to run move, out the clock. move the ball and, and run out the clock. Yeah, it was he got a little cutesy. There was the Curtis Samuel direct run that I've yeah. also felt was was uh, a little too cute at that right. point. Yeah. I will say um Lucas played very well. Spot oh. start starting starting for uh Charles Leno did very well. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I was gonna save it for the go-go's for <laughs> just good go. There you go. We're going to go right into it. Go, go yeah. right there. Right. I mean, he was, he Big was time. amazing. Big time because this is a guy who Saturday afternoon had no idea he was going to be playing football on Sunday, other than possibly going in for as an injury replacement or that, that extra lineman on those, those running plays, no clue. And then he finds out either Saturday night or Sunday morning, Oh, you're going to be starting. Oh, you're going to be starting at left tackle, the most important position on the offensive line. And so your mindset is completely different. And he adjusted with whatever he did in his brain to said, I've got to protect my quarterback. And I thought I watched him on almost every play. I thought he wasn't good. I thought he was great. I think he gets, he gets credit for giving up a sack on one of those plays because it was his guy, but he had pushed Bud Dupree way wide. And then Sam went right to where Bud Dupree was coming back. And, you know, Cornelius Lucas with his back to him doesn't know. 
Yeah. I thought Cornelius Lucas was fantastic on Sunday, and he deserves a lot of credit for, for this win. There you go. Stoner's go-go. Make, go-go. Sure, make sure you let us know what your go or who your go-go is. I'm torn on mine, Stoner, because mm, I mentioned both of them. Can I guess? Before. You can guess. Okay. I'm going to guess your go-go is either going to be, just because you're biased this way, either Tressway or it's going to be um, it's going to be somebody defensively. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Casey Tuhill. It It is going to be Casey yeah. Tuhill. I was not thinking Tressway, although that's a solid one too. I think yeah. Hudson really showed me. I liked seeing him out in the field and doing, doing his thing there, but Tuhill with two sacks, uh, timely sacks, doing his job, making yeah. use of those. I mean, he only played 18 snaps. Wow. And had and those two so, sacks. And he had two sacks out of those. So making the most Impressive. of it, he's going to be my go ghost. Uh, nice. I normally like to end on the positive note, but we got yeah. it. We did this kind of reverse because we we're talking about Cornelius Lucas and just doing yeah. so well. But let's go ahead head and hit these no ghosts owner. I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. And I'm going to take this guy on our screen here. Yeah. If you're watching us on YouTube, Jahan yeah. Dotson, one target, zero yards, zero catches. Hmm. And it's hard to argue for a higher target share. One, I actually liked the Eric Bienemy was driving it to Terry McLaurin early and often. We've been asking for that. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to ask for, and Curtis Samuel's been doing fantastic. He's making the most out of his touches. And I mean, he's been getting four or five touches a game. It's hard to argue for Jahan Dotson getting more when he's had so many drops this year and he drops, like you said, a perfect opportunity. So he's going to be my no go for this game against the Falcons. Yeah, fair. Absolutely fair. Uh, I'm going to go with my no go is it's kind of hard. I know we're going to, we want to look at defensively and certain guys. Um, I think I'm just going to, I don't want to do chase young. I watched a lot of him on tape and he was, not impactful. It, something needs to be said also that he was standing up on every play. He doesn't do that as he does that sometimes, but mostly he's down in a three-point stance. But I just saw him not having an effect, not being super aggressive. Um, but, you know, maybe because I'm saying that because maybe there's something going on injury-wise because why was he standing up every time? I'm, I'm just asking. I have you no got to hit that conspiracy music for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, I don't even, where is my conspiracy music? <laughs> Wait, give me a second. Oh, I can't. Find, maybe it's this one. No, that's no. Not, whatever. That is that is a no go sound though. So who who's <laughs> yeah. your no go then? I think I'm going to go with Eric Bieniemy. He called such a great game in the first half. He he was doing everything right. Short passes, targeting Terry McLaurin eight times in the first half running the ball. I think that it was pretty even in terms of runs and passes in the first half. In the second half, he just got too cute. He just got too out of his not understanding the game situation in that you're trying to run out the clock. Don't try and be too cute. Just run the ball. Make them force them to use their timeouts or just get that clock going 40 seconds every single snap and stop trying to fool them and have these long pass plays on first down and third down it's just, I don't like that. So I'm, I'm okay with what he did in the first half. I'm giving him a no go for the whole game, even though I only had a problem with his second half. 
Yeah, I mean, it was kind of all game there. Final final thoughts here, Stoner. Washington, ugly win on the road, needed yeah. it to get to 500, got the W. Giants are next, and the Giants looked pretty good. My only hope, Stoner, is mm. it's very similar to the Washington experience. Yeah. Washington played very good and close to a strong Philadelphia team and then lays an egg against the Chicago Bears. I'm hoping the Giants play very strong and very close to a contender in the Buffalo Bills and then lay an egg against Washington because yeah. I don't think Washington can get another ugly win they did, the way they did. Three interceptions is fantastic. You also can't plan on getting three interceptions every mm -hmm. game, even if you are playing Daniel Jones. Okay, You can't rely on that kind of production and so you need the production from all three sides uh, all three assets you had special teams working your turnovers really helped your defense mm -hmm. you know close out what was a decent game for your defense your offense took advantage and they need to take advantage i'll stress that they they yeah. took advantage of the things they needed to take advantage of yep. in those short fields and it's great to see because if any of those were three points and not seven points, Washington loses this game. Agreed. But they were able to punch it in. So I'm, I'm trying not to be too hard on Washington's offense, mm -hmm. but yeah. Washington's offense really needs to wake up if they're going to win more games this season. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to talk a whole lot about the New York Giants coming up this Sunday. We're going to dissect it on our daily commanders updates. And, and of course, on Wednesday in our live show, we'll have a game preview on Saturday as well, just like usual. But looking back at this, this is a game you absolutely had to win, obviously, because of that dud you put up against Chicago. So it doesn't matter how you won. And you can say, well, if they play like this, they're not going to win very many games. And that's fair to say. But they played well enough to win this game against a team that I think we can all agree is an inferior opponent, as bad as Washington has played, Atlanta is an inferior opponent, mostly because of their quarterback situation. And Washington took advantage of that, as you said. But they don't have any more sort of, um, uh, what's that, mulligans left because of that game against Chicago. That's yeah. a game they absolutely had to win, and they didn't. So now somewhere down the line in their schedule, they have to find a game that they were supposed to lose and they have to win that game, and they still have to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. And this is one of those games, Atlanta. They're supposed to beat Atlanta if you want to have any chance at some sort of playoff opportunity, some sort of wild card or anything. And they did that. Ugly as it may have been, uh, it doesn't matter. You get that W in the win column. Come next week, it's a week-to-week -week league. They may play a thousand times better next week against the Giants. They may play a thousand times worse, but this game doesn't mean that they're going to lose against insert team here. It's week to week. So you put that aside and you start focusing on the Giants and they should absolutely beat the Giants, but we'll see. And we, as Stoner mentioned, we'll take you there. So make sure that you are subbed up to listen to all of the great content here on Ref the District. This has been your day after reckoning. I'm Nathan. That's the Stoner. And until next time, it's Kalik Hudson. Be a fan. Here we go.